0: Let's pray before we begin. Lord, please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen.
1: (coughs) One of the favorite sayings of David was, All day long, or all the day, or all the day long. In Psalm 25 and 5, he says, On thee do I wait all the day long. In Psalm 71, verse 15, he says, My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day long. In Psalm 89 16, David said, In thy name shall they rejoice. All the day long. In Psalm 119, verse 97, he said, The law is my meditation all the day long. In Psalm thirty five twenty eight, the psalmist said, My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and thy praise all the day long. In Psalm 44, verse 8, it says, In God do we boast all the day long. In Psalm 71, verse 24, "...My son shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long." Now, I've just given you a few of the the all-the-day-longs of David. David's uh, vocabulary uh, included many phrases and words that he used over and over again, and this is one of them. He would say again and again, "...I'll do something all the day long," or, "...I'll fear the Lord all the day long." Or would say sometimes my enemies hounded me all the day long. Now, David had a son who succeeded him on the throne. His name was Solomon. Solomon did not use this term as much as did David. But the fact that he was his son means that he picked up some of his vocabulary. And Solomon used this term all the day long. Now, in the 23rd of Proverbs, Solomon is talking to his son. As you know, most of Proverbs is the the father talking to the son and admonishing him about life and the way he ought to live. And he says, he says that don't envy sinners. That's the first thing he said in verse 17. Don't envy sinners, son. Actually, what he's saying is, son, the crowd that seems to be having a good time, they're not having a good time. It just looks like they're having a good time. Don't envy sinners. Then he said the second thing is this. I want you to fear the Lord all the day long. Now, I think he means two things here. I think he means you want to fear God all day, every day. But I think he also uses the figure of speech and likens a day to lifetime. And he says, don't ever envy sinners. But fear God all of your lifetime, in the morning of life, at the noonday of life, in the evening of life, fear God all day long. Now, why would the wise man, in talking to his son, exhort his son not to envy sinners, and then in the next breath say, fear the Lord all day long? Here's what I think he was saying. (laughs) There comes a time in people's lives, usually in every life, it may be early, it may be late. It may be to a teenager who's 17, or to a middle-ager, or even to a senior citizen. When a person may come to the place, or comes to the place when he says, I think I'm missing something in life. I just think I'm missing something, or I have missed something in life. And I've got to get that something before I die. A teenager may say, uh, when he gets 17, 18... That as a teenager I've missed something. I grew up at First Baptist Church and I didn't get to do this and I didn't get to do that and I didn't drink liquor and I didn't go hopping off with the devil's crowd and I didn't get to dance and I didn't get to wear miniskirts and I didn't get to have long shaggy hair like a like a, a mangy cocker spaniel and uh, I uh, I've missed something and I want to before I become an adult I want to get that which is mine. Yeah, you missed something. You missed nights of loneliness. Yeah, you miss something. You miss a, a venereal disease. <clears throat> yeah, you miss something. You miss a broken heart. Yeah, you miss something. You miss a wretched soul. Yeah, you miss something. Nights of misery and heartache and sorrow and broken dreams and broken air castles and broken hearts. Yeah, you miss something. But brother, that's the best thing you'll ever miss in your life. And so wise men said, now look son, <coughs> don't you envy sinners. Don't you envy them. He said, you fear God all the day long. Don't you ever, he said, come to the place in your life where you feel like you're missing something and you envy the sinners and you say, I better get my fling in sin, enjoy sin for a season because I've missed something. He said, don't you ever envy sinners. And then he said, fear God all the day long. You know, That's a wise statement. What he's saying here, don't ever burn out. Don't ever give up. Don't ever turn back. Fear God in the morning time. Fear God in the evening time. When the sun sets on your life and life's span is finished, you keep on fearing God until you see Jesus. Stay with it! That's what he's saying. Oh, God, give us some stay with it, urge. Some stay with it, urge. People oftentimes say around the country a kind word about Dave. He's Dave Hiles, he speaks around the country a lot. And as a young man, folks often say, aren't you proud of David? He's such a good preacher. Now I'll be quite frank with you. I think he's a good preacher. I think in some, some cases an exceptional preacher. But I'm not proud of David because he's a good preacher. I didn't train to be a public speaker. I'm proud of him because he works hard. And because he finishes the job when he starts it. I'm proud because he knows how to sweat and labor. God deliver me from these talented, uh, eloquent, Apollos-type preachers who don't know what it is to get up until nine o'clock in the morning and never saw the sun rise and thinks it comes up all at one time instead of gradually. If there's anything in the world that's a secret to success, it's not eloquence. and It's not dynamic and it's not charm and it's not humor. There's anything that's necessary to success in any task. It's W-O-R-K, work, and work in the morning, work at noontime, work in the evening. That's what this man is saying to his son. Now, God speaks is speaking these words to combat the religion of the Pharisees. God says to Solomon, I want you to tell your son this, and Solomon is doing it, in order to combat the, the external kind of religion possessed by the Pharisees. He's fighting these, these who had an offering in one hand and a trumpet in the other. And as they dropped in the offering, they played the trumpet. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm giving. But when they got back in the shadows where no one could see, they didn't get anything. They only served God when the sun was up. They only served God when the spotlight was on them. They didn't serve God when it was night. They didn't serve God when nobody was watching. They didn't read their Bible when they were alone in their room. They didn't walk with God when nobody could look. And so Solomon is saying, my son, my son, I want you morning, noon, and night to be diligent about this matter of God and serving God. Um, He was also (laughs) giving this to come back. The religion of those who wore their phylacteries while standing on the corner and piously praying. He was talking about, or talking against those who could blow hot and cold in service for God. Those that could blaze forward like a comet and then disappear like that same comet. He was talking against those Good Friday people who who live like the devil all year long. And then for one Friday, this is the day, they say, our Lord was crucified. And suddenly put on their sanctimonious, selectorial robes, and they, and they serve God all day on Good Friday, and that's it for a whole year. God says serve Him all the day long. All the day long. He was talking about these Lenten people, these people that serve God 40 days a year. They don't do much of it then, but they, uh, they serve God 40 days a year. They give up their liquor 40 days a year. They give up their cigarettes 40 days a year. They give up their nightclub in 40 days a year. Well, you say, you think that's okay? Yeah, if you'd add 325 more to all that stuff and give it all up all the time. Amen. You don't like the Lenten crowd, do you? I don't either. You don't like this serving God during Lenten season, that's all. But there are people in this room for the vineyard tonight who do the same thing except your Lenten season's nine months instead of 40 days. The wise man said, son, he said, when you put your hand to serve God and fear God, he says, do it in the morning, early, do it all day, do it at night time. He said, fear the Lord all the day long. I wonder why he said that. His dad had taught him that. That's why. Oh, if, if there's one thing our kids need to be taught these days, it's character. We're so wrapped up on talent. I have people come to me quite often and say, "Could my daughters or my son or my kids could they sing sometime in church?" Oh, you forget about that. Somebody hears them sing and they're good enough to sing. They're, they're, they're not what we call. You forget about that. You forget whether they get to sing on the platform or not. You just be sure they take the garbage out regularly. You just be sure that they pay their debts and you be sure they work hard and you be sure you teach them character. I'm a little weary of people saying, "Hey." Eh, did, did, did you hear my voice sing? Pardon me, out of the sea and obey. Did you see my girl? Did you hear my girl? And she sang? she's only three years old, and she already knows all of the Lord's prayer. Well, forgive me, but that same little brat, that same little angel, maybe can't off that long ago. Said, "Say it, honey." She said, Blessed are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. She gave them all. And then she got through, and her mother said, <laughs> We're so proud of her. And her mother and then she said, I want to go, mother. She said, You be quiet. No, I want to go. I look for not to even know Mary had a little lamb and obey her mother. Amen. And have character. There is a tremendous need. Listen. If America has a need tonight, and God knows she does, if she has a major need, she needs parents to sit down like Solomon did when the boy was little and say, Fear
0: God, and work hard, and finish your task,
1: and have character all the day long. And that's the wise thing, as Solomon told his son. There are those tonight, you've taken off your mantle for the summertime. I mean, you worked on a bus route nine months, but your Lenten season's over, and you're just as condemned before God and just as guilty before God as the as the Catholic is, or the uh, whoever else does it, who forty days a year serves God, gives up something, and then you live and lives like the devil three hundred twenty-five days. Right. Now you listen to me, and you listen well. Hell is just as hot June, July, August, as it is in December and January and February and March and April and May. You have no right to serve God for a while and quit. You have no right to serve God for nine months. If you had a bus route for nine months, you'd work it just as hard the other three months. If you have a Sunday school class that you gave your best to for nine months, you'd give your best the other three months. If you went so winning for nine months, you go so winning in June, July, and August. And by the way, if you didn't go around the town in shorts and halters and half-dressed well, uh, nine months a year, in God's name, clothe yourself the other three months, too. It's a disgrace and a shame when decent men can't walk down the street without seeing a striptease show. Now, I can't stop it with a heathen, but I dead sure can make you uncomfortable. What are you it? I got word the other day. School is out now. Hammond Baptist High School is out now. And some of our kids over this carnival the other night, dressed like heathen. And pagan.
0: You say, there's no rule against it. God Almighty has some
1: rules you better think about. How dare you reproach the name of Hammond Baptist High School by lowering your standards, raising your skirts, exposing your body. If you are going to go around naked this summer, don't you put your carcass on Hammond Baptist High School campus next fall. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Wise men said, my son, he said, you fear God
0: all the day long.
1: All the day long. Now, I'm not interested in folks believing what we believe around here, but I'm interested in folks seeing us consistent with it 12 months a year. Some of you folks have folded your tents for the summertime. I mean, some of you folks, oh, you bloomed and, and blossomed, but... You like morning glories. You fold it now. The evening has come and it's hot. Yeah, it's hot in hell. Right. And I'm as confident tonight as I am that I'm standing behind this pulpit that the devil pulls out more stops in June, July, and August than He does any other time of the year. Would you tell me any place in this Bible that gives you the right to cut your job short and do less than your best and ease up during the summertime? Let me tell you something. God comes to every member of this church tonight. He comes to every person in this choir. He comes to every person uh, who ushers. He comes to every person who has a bus route. He comes to every person who goes soul winning. He comes to those who are on Friday morning soul winning and the foster club and the bus ministry and the Sunday school. He comes to every person that sweeps out the building, or has a job in this church, and God says, Fear God and serve God all the day long. And that means every day of every week of every month of every year. Be faithful in your task. Amen. Some of you right now are giving up for the summertime. And uh, listen, <clears throat> if I announce tonight, if I announce tonight we'll have no services on Sunday night for the summer, you would be horrified. Well, I've got just as much right to fold up for the summertime as you do. God knows no double standards. God knows no clergy and and laity. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are going to stand one of these days before the God who made us and the God who gave His Son for us and the Son who gave His life for us and give an account for every moment we spend In June, July, August, 1975. And I come tonight admonishing you as did the wise man of old admonish his own son. Serve the Lord, and fear God, and stay busy all the day long. You folks, you have Christ on Sunday and mammon on Monday. Serve God by day, and or you weave by day and unravel by night. And the wise man said, Serve the Lord and fear him all the day long. Now, I think it means two things. I think he means. All the day long. I think he's saying, son, you'll be tempted not to serve God in the morning. <laughs> do you know, do you know, you let me see a fella, what time he gets up, and I'll pretty well tell you what kind of guy he is. Just let me see him. You let me see him when the alarm clock goes off. You say, preacher, people often say to me, I wish I were like you. I wish I could bounce out of bed in the morning. Shoot. Man, I drop out of bed in the morning like Lazarus hit the bottom of that grave. You say, what is it you take that makes you just bounce out of bed? <laughs> Brother, if I didn't fall so hard, I wouldn't even wake up. Who wants to get up in the morning? Anybody here, do you enjoy getting up in the morning? Do you get up in the morning? (coughs) He said, get up, son, and serve God in the morning. Some of you, I know preachers. I know preachers that are rolling out of bed at nine o'clock in the morning. Good night, Brother Vinyar and I are having our afternoon brunch at nine o'clock in the morning. People say... Boy, i said tell you what, if I had all those funny stories Hiles has, I believe I could have a big crowd, too. All oh, phooey. You don't build a great work for God with funny stories. Or even with a, a dynamic personality. Preachers all across the country, they have their pictures made, you know, like that, and, and they got a white sport coat. You got one, Brother Fitz. Got a white sport coat. And they got, they got, they got suede shoes and they, you know, like that like all for it. Brother, the way, the way you get the job done is not like that. It, it's like that. It, that's when you get the job done for God. It's getting up early
0: and staying up late and
1: working hard you're up. All day long. He's saying to his son, I think get up in the morning. It's more necessary that you prepare your heart than you wash your face. More necessary to put on Christ than to put on your garments more necessary to speak to Christ than to speak to your family. Oh, he's saying, my son, serve God all day long. All day long. I met God in the morning when the day was at its best. His presence came like glory with his sunrise on my breast. All day long his presence lingered. All day long he stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness or a very troubled sea. Other ships were torn and battered. Other ships were sore distressed. But the winds that seemed to drive them brought to me a peace and rest. And then I thought the of the mornings with a keen remorse of mine when I too had left the blessing of his presence far behind. So I think I've learned the secret from many a troubled way. If you meet God in the morning, you can have him all the day. You say, Preacher, what time should I get up in the morning? Well, a lot of that depends on what time you go to bed at night <laughs> and what keeps you up late at night. But I'd say this, I'd say if a person works days, I think it would be sort of a disgrace. Now, now, this, now i get up farther than this. It would be sort of a disgrace for a person to get to wait until after 7 o'clock to get up. I mean, if I had a pastor and found I slept past 7, I'd i I'd change pastors or change churches, one or the other. you say, Brother Hiles, <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 7 o'clock in the morning. And much, much earlier than that. I heard Dr. Curtis Hudson say one time, he said he got he got right with God in one of us of the Lord conferences we had and he decided to go to work, get busy for God. So he he noticed that uh that uh, in the morning that the milkman came pretty early and so he said, No milkman's gonna get up earlier than I do and he got up before the milkman did and he kept on, kept on and got up before the bread man and before the uh, paper boy and everybody else and finally he said he wouldn't go to bed at night. He'd just stay up all night long. But uh, the honest truth is, this the wise man is saying, son, don't you fret uh, in the sinners. He's saying, I want you to serve God all the day long, and that doesn't mean just all the way into the night. That means in the morning time too. And then he says, son, don't when you leave home, don't leave God at home. In mingling with people, be with them, but don't be of them. Walk with God as you push the pen. Walk with God as you guide the plow. Walk with God as you use the needle. Walk with God as you hold the hammer. Walk with God as you use the trowel. But walk with God all day long in the noontime. And then he says at nighttime, <coughs> remember, remember at nighttime. Serve the Lord all the day long. You know, I was thinking angels have a wonderful liking and affinity for sleeping saints, folks that when they go to bed at night. Uh, you recall they have ladders that they use for people like Jacob who had a stone for a pillar, earth for a bed, hedges for curtains, and a sky for a canopy. And God sent the, the ladder from heaven down to earth. And while that man of God slept, angels ascended and descended. And uh, even in his sleep, angels angel was dreaming about heaven and about the angels of God. And God is saying to us that even while we sleep, we ought to serve God. You know, time and time again during the night, I'll be... I'll I'll dream about something and I'll, 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 I'll think oh my I better wake up and so I wake up quickly and get up and turn the light on and get a pen and paper and write down an idea like a bird that flies through the sky it may never come back to my mind again and I'll write down that idea and I'm saying I serve God day and night I get some sleep yes I do but I may be at two o'clock in the morning, I may have a sermon thought, or some burden to my heart, and I may get up and all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden I may get up and I may spend an hour doing what? Serving God, that's what. And so David, uh, Solomon said, Son, <coughs> serve God all the day long. That means include him in every day, everything you do. When you get your diploma, at graduation, after you get your diploma, go alone and spend some time with God and fear him for a while and love him for a while, include him in everything you do. When you make a sale, and you're, you're a businessman, you make a sale, go along with God and thank him for the sale and ask him to give you strength to make another. When you get married, after you get married, by all means, go alone with God. And, and and spend some time alone with Him. When you're taking a test in school, or before you take a test in school, go to God and ask Him to give you help. And after you've taken it, go to Him and thank you that He gave you help. When you get a good report card, um, I recall when I was a boy, when I got a good report card, I always got alone with God. That's one reason why I never talked to God at all while I was in school. But when uh, I, um, I mean, you get a good report card, get alone with God. So the wise man said, Son, I want to talk to you. And listen. You can give your, you can give your, um, your daughter expression. So instead of saying Mary had a little lamb, fleece as white as snow, she can say Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow. You forgive me, but those little kids just don't do much for me. You know, how do you do, Pastor? I am delighted to see you. I am three years old, and my name is Johnny Appleseed. I mean, they just don't move me a great deal. Teach your little girl tap dancing. I, I'm not against taking piano, but the best thing about piano is not the piano playing; it's making yourself do something you sometimes you don't want to do and practicing. It's the diligence. It's the schedule. It's the character. God knows we need it. You've heard me tell this, and I, I was t- told it often, but it fits so beautifully here. When Dave preached a sermon one time out the Bill Rice Ranch, people came and said, He's a good preacher. When are you going to have him preach for you? And I said, I have no plans for that. This been, he was only 15 at the time. No plans for that. And they said, Well, how do you expect to make a preacher out of him if you don't let him preach? And I said, I do not have any desire in this world to make a preacher out of him. But I have an overwhelming Passionate desire to make a man out of him. And God knows this nation doesn't need any more little half in, half out, half cop preachers. This nation needs some men of character, integrity, decency, honor, and worth to get the job done for God again. If I can make a man out of him, I'll make, God can make a preacher out of him. But I'd rather have that boy be a working carpenter than a loafing preacher. How do they have that boy pick up a saw all day long or go out the steel mill and work out there and do his job and do it diligently and have him with his little half in, half out, half on, half off, half hot, half cold milk and cider kind of Christian preachers that never get the job done for God and never work and never give it all they have.
0: Hear the word
1: of wise man who said, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. All thy might. And then he said, Son, and I think this is why he said it. He said, Son, while you're working so hard, you're going to find a bunch of loafers over here having a big time. He said, Don't you into that crowd. He said, While you're sweating. By the way, let me say this, and I, I do not think that it's wrong for, for mothers and fathers to pay the college tuition for their young folks in college. But you young people that have to work your way through Howells Anderson College, don't you ever envy folks that don't have to. <clears throat> don't, don't, don't feel sorry for yourself while you're waiting on tables sometimes and folks whose mothers and fathers are more fortunate than you, and who will send a... I uh, more yours. Then who send who send money for other students, and you wait on them. Don't you ever be jealous of them? Don't you ever envy them? You thank God that work co- comes easier for you than it does for them. They're going to have to. They're gonna have to get character a little hard, a little harder, Ruth, than you are. You got to get up at four o'clock in the morning, maybe, and you got to go to the, get ready to, to get ready for breakfast and uh, and so forth and. Uh, and maybe you pour the water to make the Kool Aid. I'm not sure what you do. <clears throat> you students know what I'm talking about. But uh, uh, get ready for breakfast, and, and others are sleeping, and while afternoon they're out playing tennis, maybe, and you're working and you've got, and you have a tough time making ends meet. Ah, oh, let me tell you something. Don't you into the crowd that loafs. Don't you do that. Oh, if I had my life to live over again, if I had my childhood to live over again. If I had my choice to be born in a home that's wealthy or a poor home, I'd take the poverty-stricken home I had 10 to 1 all over again. I'd want to throw a paper out when I was 10 years old and get up in the morning at 3 o'clock in the morning when I was 10 years old and ride a bicycle two or three miles to get my papers and deliver my papers at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I'd rather do that again if I had to do it over again. And I'd want to work at that grocery store, and I'd want to work in the summer and I'd want to pick cotton in the field like I did, and I'd want to uh, be diligent and have to work like I did when I was a kid. And if I had my job, my life over again, I'd want to to have to work and have to help mother make ends meet in order to develop some character and decency and integrity. Don't you envy them? <clears throat> As you go through the day, don't envy the wicked. You see, folks, you see the wicked on TV. I see him in my study when he's drunk the last dreg of the cup you see the wicked of the country club with his silk and satin tipping the like fantastic toe and sipping the cocktail and you see the silk and the sheen and the shine of sin but I see that same fellow when he's come to the end of the way stumbling inside my office young people listen to me listen to me God's dear name, you need to hear what I'm saying tonight. Amen. I see that same those same folks you envy. You see Liz Taylor in a dirty movie. Why don't you look at her when she gets tired of one husband? Why don't you look at her when she had to go to get psychiatric help? I was reading an article about Liz Taylor not long ago and and she said, I'm just not happy. I wish I could just get born all over again. I was on the airplane. I picked up that magazine and held it high and said, Liz, old gal, that's exactly what you need. Right. The fellow beside me said, Liz who? I said, never mind, never mind, never mind. That's exactly what she needs. A good
0: old horse for getting born
1: again. That'll solve all her problems. Right. I mean, boy, if wealth could do it, Michael Todd had made her happy. If being a good singer would do it, Eddie Fisher would make her happy. And if um, if being a good actor and a big handsome brute would do it, this what this guy she's got now, well, I don't know. I haven't read the papers today, but but uh, but he'd make her happy. Yeah, it looks mighty bright. The devil says, "Looky here, here's the moon magazine. Look at the clothes. Look at the night spot. Look at the look at the liquor. Look at the money." Oh, you old rotten devil, go back to hell and let me tell them what to look at. You look at them as they come in my office and their lives are wrecked and ruined and they have no hope and and everything is gone and their dreams are broken and they'll never be able to enjoy the hopes and dreams they once had. Don't you envy that crowd. You see them when they fill the cup. I see them when they drink the dregs. You see Naomi when she leaves the land of Bethlehem And goes out to to Moab and you see her that first day when she eats a good meal for the first time. You see her eating at Moab's Howard Johnson's and and ordering uh, uh, clams. And you see her at Moab's, uh, um, what's the hamburger folks, Uh, McDonald's. And you see her as she lives it up. I'm I'm in Moab. But I see her when she comes back home from Moab so disfigured that the folks in Bethlehem don't even know who she is. I hear her, she says, don't call me Naomi, that means pleasant. Call me Mara, that means bitter. You see the devil's crowd and envy them. You see Saul while he's being crowned. I see Saul while he's falling on his own sword and committing suicide. You see Absalom while he's being crowned as the king temporarily. But I see Absalom when he hangs from a tree and his life is over. You see the pretty clothes, but I see them when they wear the rags. You see the Cadillac, but I see them when they, they come from out of the gutter. You see them rise, I see them fall. You see Lot at the gate as the alderman. I see Lot in Zoar when he's committed incest with his daughters and they've given birth to, to sons by their own father. You see them in the parked cars and say, wouldn't that be nice to be out in the parked car petting and necking and living like animals? Yes, that's when you see them. I see them at the bus station when I wave goodbye to a young lady going to a home for unwed mothers. I see them at the hospital when they say, I'll never get to see my baby. I see five or six of them in this room tonight. So five or six of the finest young ladies I know in this church. And I think they're as sweet and pure, and I'd be more than happy for them to marry any of any of our boys because they've been reclaimed. But I know they're here tonight. They sit in these pews. They went to the jaws of death and gave birth to some little baby. They've never seen that baby. They don't know where he is. They don't know what his name is. They don't know what he looks like. And night after night they go to bed and wonder, where is he? What does he look like? Will they ever know him? Will they ever see him? Does he wonder who his mother is? Listen! Listen! Don't you ever envy the devil's crowd, brother. That's the most wretched, miserable bunch of idiots you ever saw in this world. The happiest people in this world. The happiest people in this Words are those who fear God all the day long. All, all the day long. That's what the wise man is saying. Son, don't you look at that crowd in envy them. Don't you, for a second, wish you had what they have. Every drink they take, they're looking for what you have and don't know it. Every time they put the needle in their arm, they're seeking what you have and don't know it. Every time they go out on the town, they're seeking what you have and don't know it. Every time they change women, they're seeking what you have and don't know it. Listen. You won't find a happier bunch of young people in this world than you will find at Howard's Anderson College. You won't, you won't, you won't, you won't. I travel the length and breadth of this nation. Practically every week where I go somewhere to preach, somebody comes up to me and says, My name is Mrs. So-and-so, or Mr. So-and-so, my daughter or my son is in your college. And I always ask this question, how do they like it? And the question's always the same. They just love it. They just love it. One mother said the other day, she said that she loved it too much. I wanted her to come home and she didn't want to come. She said when she left to go to college, she cried all night. And the first night she was home for the summer, she cried all night. (laughs) Hallelujah. We found it. We found it. We found it. You'll have more fun working all day than you will playing all day. And you will have more fun with diligence than kept people always saying, Brother Hiles, Brother Hiles, when are you going to get some relaxation? You don't know this, but I'm as relaxed right now as that guy I can be. <laughs> what do you do for diversion? I'm doing it. You know what I love to do for relaxation? I just love to hear me preach. Makes you nervous, but doesn't make me nervous. And so the wise man said, Son, don't look at the sinful crowd and feel sorry for yourself. Look at the sinful crowd and feel sorry for them. You walk down the street, (laughs) you see a couple of long hairs looking at you. Like that. You just look back at them. Like that. See, what you long hairs don't know is you look as dumb to us as we do to you. See? See, we look like freaks to you, but you look like freaks to us. And we were here first. We've got squatter's rights on this country. And you better watch out. Don't you go around any trees because the only hippie in the Bible is hair caught in a tree. And he was deceased. Which is a Greek word that means kick the bucket. You better watch it. You young people that look at the world and say, I,
0: I just wish I could do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you, what you don't know is how that crowd ends up. And there are some young folks who walked across this platform last Sunday morning and got their diplomas. I mean, their testaments. And some walked across this, bi- this platform and got their diplomas last Friday night. That not listening to Brother Hiles and not listening to the teachers and not listening to their parents
0: fellows, listen to what I'm preaching.
1: And they're going to go out and make it on their own. Finally out of Howell's Anderson College, I can take off the rules now and do what I want to
0: do. Finally
1: out of Helen Baptist High School, I'll strip myself of those rules. I'll throw my sideburns down to here. And I'll grow my hair down to here. And I'll wear my miniskirts if I want to. And I'll wear my halters and my midriffs. And I'll live like I want to live. I'm finally out of that old school. What you don't know is that you're a fool. That's what you don't know.
0: Solomon said, don't envy
1: the sinner. Don't envy and What you don't know is this, too. 99% of those folks are envying you. I got a letter. One of the leading doctors in this area, he's a Jew. I mean, he's a Jew. Religion and nationality. One of the leading doctors. I called his name. Practically everybody here would know him. He saw our telecast on Channel 2. He wrote me a note congratulating me on the kind of people we have here at this church. And he said, I like the well, way you put it, I like your approach. That same doctor shook my hand when I went in his office, and that doctor said to me, He said, He said, I can always tell one of your young people. And he said, They look like young people used to look when I was a kid. He said, How do you get all those kids, boys, to get haircuts? <laughs> Well, I said, we straddling like (laughs)
0: this.
1: Bless God. You say, I find you rather unusual, Reverend. I find you rather unusual, too, Reverend. I think he meant something else. I think he meant too. I think he meant, Son, not only should you serve God and fear God all the day long, but he said, I think you ought to serve God all the day of your life. In other words, the morning of life, the noon of life, and the evening of life. In the early years, serve him. That's why I think that these young people ought to go, these juniors, every time there's a junior party, your kid, a church party, ought to go to it. Every time there's a junior soul winning, your kid ought to go to it. In all the day long. And that means serve God the last part of the day means serve God all the day long. Amen. That means a seven-year-old saved ought to serve God. And a ten-year-old that's saved ought to serve God. Serve Him in the morning and then serve Him in the mid-years. Don't let the cares of life stymie you when noonday's heat beams on you. Keep on serving God. When you're, when you're successful in business 35, 40, 45, 50 years of age, 55, 60 years of age in the noontime of life. Don't let your business keep you from serving God. When your medical practice gets so big big that you've got to be be gone, work day and night, leave time to serve God. When your store gets so big that it occupies you day and night, save time to serve God. When you get so wrapped up with the inner weavings of life and the entanglements of life, don't quit serving God. And I think he says at sunset, stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. When you get 65 and 70 and 75 and 80 and 85 and 90, stay in the battle. Stay in the battle. I thank God for men like O.K. Jackson. Still in the battle. I see him running across here with a bunch of stuff for the kids and still in the battle. Mrs. Jackson, still in the battle. I thank God for men like old Dr. John Rice, almost be 80 years old this December. Still in the battle. still Old R.G. Lee, God bless him. Eighty, what, eighty-eight now? Eighty-nine. Almost ninety years of age. Good night. Still in the battle. Still in the battle. Serve the Lord all the day long. All the day long. Sowing in the morning. Sowing in the evening. Sowing at the noontide and the dewy eve. Waiting for the Master and the time of harvest. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Serve him all day long. All the day, all the month, all the year, all of life. Serve him! I was telling the fellows a while ago about a sweet thought. How's heaven? Elijah got a message from God that he's going to be carried up to heaven. Elijah had planned to go down to preach at Bethel. He had had a couple of colleges that that he... Founded a couple of Christian colleges, one at Bethel and one at Jericho. Elijah had planned to go preach at Bethel and then he was going to go down to Jericho and preach. And the Lord said, Elijah, I'm, on, I'm going to take you up into heaven. And the sweet thing about it is this Elijah went right ahead, knowing he was going to go to, up to heaven in a chariot and a whirlwind right away. He went right ahead and didn't have to change his schedule one bit. He went on down to Bethel and preached, took off for Jericho, and on the way to Jericho, crossing the Jordan, the Lord, Lord took him up to heaven. I wonder, would you have to change your schedule if you knew you were going to take him tomorrow at noon? Huh? I've been going through my schedule all week long. Brother Vineyard, if I knew that Jesus was going to come Tuesday, I don't think I'd change a thing I plan to do. That's a wonderful thought. Would you have to change anything? Huh? If you knew you were going to be taken, would you have to rush home right quick and rearrange the house? Clean out the refrigerator? Clean out the book rack and the magazine shelf? I love to hear old Dr. Rice preach on this. I was telling a fellow a while ago. Dr. Rice said Elijah came to the Jordan River. He took off that mantle and he took off, and he smoked the Jordan River. And the Jordan River said, Good night. He said, That mantle got some power in it. I'd better set up here. Now, first says the Jordan River set up and they walked over on dry ground. Got on the other side of the Jordan River and Elijah was translated. And what happened? Elisha got his mantle. They had to, Elisha had to cross back over the Jordan River. He had the same mantle Elijah had. He took that thing and he smoked that thing and the Jordan River said, good night. There's another one just like that first in that opened me a while ago. And he set up there again. But Elijah, Elijah didn't fret one whit. Because he knew, he knew that he lived even if he did not know he was going to be taken. He lived all the time ready for death or for the coming of the Lord. He didn't have to make no changes in his schedule. How about you? If you knew, if you knew that this time next Sunday you'd be taken, what would that do to your schedule this week? Huh? I'm talking to somebody tonight who's already planned to take the summer off. Already planned. And you're not right with God, and you're backslidden because of it. I'm talking tonight to some bus workers who, who've already planned to ease up in the summer. In God's name, do you mean to tell me little boys and girls over in Chicago or in poor tonight than they were last month during the spring program? Right. Do you mean to tell me that those are the poor people over there that don't know a thing in the world about this Bible, and, 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 and this kind of Christianity
0: is as foreign to them as Tokyo
1: is to you and me, you mean to tell me that they need loving any less now than they did during the months of March and April and May? Oh, in God's name, I challenge you bus workers tonight to rise up like a mighty army and get back on the field and don't take the summer off. Keep your task and keep your job. You Sunday school teachers, God pity the kind of Christianity. You have a two week vacation so you go on three Sundays. That's paganism. You're backslidden. You've got a two-week vacation, you stay for the Sunday after you, for the Sunday services, and then you leave on Monday morning or late Sunday night, and then you come back on Saturday, and you take a 13-day vacation instead of a 15-day vacation, and you be in your Sunday school class, and you be in your place, and you man your post. That's what God wants you to do. <clears throat> lady here tonight in this service who had a miscarriage, her baby was dead in her body, and... She, it was was the latter part of the week and she would not have the, she would not have the miscarriage or go to the hospital to give a a birth to a stillborn baby till after Sunday because she wanted to work her bus route on Saturday and she wanted to teach her Sunday school class on Sunday morning and all Saturday she was over in Chicago knocking on doors and winning folks to Jesus Christ knowing all the time there was a dead baby inside her own body but she wouldn't do it because she had a job to perform. Next Sunday morning, she stood up with a heart that was broken. And with tears in her eyes and a broken heart, she opened the word of God and poured her heart out to little girls in her Sunday school class because she wouldn't she wouldn't have the mis- the, the stillbirth. Uh, she wouldn't have it on Friday or on Saturday. She wanted to wait until after her class was taught. And after she taught her class on Sunday morning and fulfilled her obligation with her boss, then she went to the hospital and then she had the surgery. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what God expects all of us to have, that kind of diligence to the task. Serving God all the day long. All the day long. Every once in a while people say to me, Brother Howes, don't you ever envy people that have more fun than you do? Well, I guess I will if I ever find any. <clears throat> a fellow the other day said, what are you going to do this afternoon, Brother Howes? I said, I'm working on a book. He said, of the house, he said, don't you ever get any relaxation? (laughs) He took the afternoon off to go out and play golf. That's a game where you got a stick and hit a ball across a pasture into a tomato can. He went out to relax. He came back that night and boy, I was praising the Lord because I'd written a chapter in a book and I was rejoicing in what I'd written. And he came back that night. I said, How did you do? He said, I'll tell you, I didn't even break a hundred. I said, Man, you better find out some way to relax. I <laughs> uh, said, I'm going to go to a football game and relax. Oh, that's a game where you take a pig and blow him up. <clears throat> And cut him open and sew him back up. And then you, then, you, then you build some plumbing down at the end of the field. And you kick that stuffed pig through that plumbing down at the end of the field. Very relaxing, isn't it? Huh? Very relaxing. It's more like to go to a ball game. Oh, that's a game where you take a stick. You kill a horse. And you take his hide off and sew it back up. And then you build a fence out there beyond the pasture. And then, a, and then a, a grown man throws a ball to another grown man who has a stick. And a bunch of other grown men out there with gloves on one hand. <coughs> and they run all around that thing trying to catch that horse as it
0: runs all over that field. sure relaxing ain't
1: it sure relaxing (laughs) oh brother oh brother we have more fun right now than a had at Wrigley Field you know how to be happy find the will of God Amen. find out what God wants you to do and just do it and do it and do it and do it do it in the morning do it in the noon do it in the afternoon do it at night do it do it do it do it do it everybody feels sorry for me he's taking nerve pills while they do <laughs> poor brother Howells he's going to have an nerve breakdown if I, he doesn't Get some relaxation like I do. (laughs) You know how to be relaxed. You give it all you got. And go to bed at night. Look up to heaven and say, Dear Lord, I gave it all I had today. I was where you wanted me. I was doing what you wanted me to do. I did as best I
0: could. Best of good.
1: You know how to have Relaxation. You say no to the tempter. You turn your back on that which is evil. Let them laugh at you. Let them make fun of you. You go to bed at night. You say your prayers and look up to God and the smiling face of God looks down and says, I'm proud of you, my child. And you say, thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord.
1: Little boys and girls come to my office. A fellow came a while ago and gave me a a note. He said, I love you. I started to walk down the hallway and his mo- I heard his mother say, Son, I think he's too busy now. I said, I'm not too busy. What is it? She said he wants to come back and kiss you. And I said, you're a fine little fellow. How many times do I say that to little children? You're a fine little fellow. I have a standing rule to all little children. They'll come and live with me. I, I always tell them, you'll come live in my house. I'll never spank you. And you'll never have to eat any carrots or spinach. All you'll eat ice cream and candy all the time. And uh, I'm making an offer now to all you little children. And uh, you'll never have to get up in the morning unless you want to get up. And you'll never go to school. Oh, I'd never make you go to school. You believe that? <laughs> huh. And uh, but so often I'll say to little children, you're, you're, you're a nice little fella. I like you. Big old smile across his face.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: And I like for the dear Lord to say to me, You've been a nice fellow today. You've been faithful to me, and you've worked hard. And you stood the test. Some folks didn't understand you, but you stood the test. I look up and I see his face smiling. That's the way to live. Don't you ever be envious of the worldly crowd.
0: Most miserable
1: wretches in this world. Once hanging down this little tavern down here tonight. Right. Most miserable fools in this world. These folks over here in Caveman City on this strip row over here. Those yes. poor fallen women over there giving their bodies to the filthy hands of dirty minded men. They're not happy. Oh, they're not. How do you know? I've had them come to my office. Tell me. I've had at least five of those strippers over there through these years, at least five of those prostitutes to hear about Brother Hiles. Maybe he could help. Come to my office. And I've heard him weep. I've heard their wailing. I've heard him say, one little lady said to me, Brother Hiles, Pastor Hiles,
0: I don't know why I did it. It looked like he was fun.
1: She said, I had one dream when I was a little girl. I wanted to have a child of my own. I want to hold my own baby in my arm. But she said, "I've ruined my body. I can never give birth to it:
0: Thank you for listening, and if you like this, please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group. Jesus Answers Prayer.